Sweet strawberry icing. You're in goodwill, and just past that vintage denim jacket you spot, miniature donut earrings. You lean in. Ah, that's the scent of shopping success. Because at Goodwill, every item you buy funds local job training and more. So bring home those donut earrings and bring home so much good to your community. Goodwill, bring good home. Brought to you by Goodwill and the Ad Council. A common sense reality check for both the left and the right. This is American Viewpoints with Mike Ferguson. Back and forth. Yep, back and forth. That is the general description of the debate over another round of COVID relief spending, including more stimulus checks for you. Remember those? Many politicians want to put another round of payments in your bank account. Is that a good idea or is that a bad idea? I'm Mike Ferguson. Thanks for staying with us on American Viewpoints. And you may be saying, what are you talking about, Mike? Putting money in my account? That's a good idea. Sounds great. I mean, it's free money. And there's more to consider than just that. Joined now by Adam Michelle from the Heritage Foundation, a senior policy analyst with the Grover H. Herman Center for the Federal Budget. Adam, first of all, thanks for the time today. And a gut reaction is, hey, free money. I could use that right now, man, when that 1200 or 2400 or whatever it was dropped into my account a few months ago, that was a big help in a lot of ways. Why are we even talking about why it may not be a good idea? Yeah, well, you're exactly right. And thanks for, for having me on. It's, uh, it's always nice to get what seems like free money in the moment. But when we talk about pandemic um, relief and how to help those people that are struggling most when we have limited resources, we should be focused on those things that are most targeted to, to those folks who actually need it. There are about 10.7 million Americans who are still unemployed, but there are another 150 million Americans who are fortunate enough to still have jobs. And it just seems like a, a waste of, uh, of federal government resources to, to send a check to 150 million Americans who are still employed, like you and I, who are able to, to work remote or uh, go into the office on a limited basis. We should be focusing our, our efforts on those folks who actually need it. Now, your article, which you can find at heritage.org, is five reasons why more stimulus checks aren't the answer. And so let me play devil's advocate on some of these. You just mentioned the unemployment rate right now, but we keep hearing about the millions of people uh, who have lost their jobs. We're, we're hearing about debates over preventing evictions from happening because so many people are behind on rent. This has happened because government has shut down economies at a local or a state level. So doesn't government have some responsibility to step in and, and close some of that financial gap? Yes, they, they certainly do. And uh, we're big advocates here of of making sure that decision to close down the economy is done at the local level and that any relief that comes should be tied at that same level of government. When the, when the federal government steps in and says, don't worry, state governments, we're going to take care of the bill, it allows state and local leaders to sort of costlessly shut down society and make more restrictive policies than otherwise is necessary. So regardless of, of the sort of the specific stimulus check debate, um, things like continued unemployment assistance, continued support for, uh, for small businesses, all of that should be, should be taken care of by, by the state uh, level leaders who are making the decision to shut those businesses down. Um, and it's really not the role of the federal government to come in and subsidize those 
decisions that are often made without any sort of uh, attachment to the actual science of, of how best to balance people's livelihoods with the, the cost of the pandemic. One of the points you make in your article is that Americans are paying off credit card debt at near or at a record rates, but that, that's a good thing, right? What does that have to do with stimulus spending? Yeah, so this is just a symptom of the, of the last round of stimulus payments that, that went out, along with some other aid. Those 150 million Americans who are still employed, still receiving a paycheck, um, have taken that, that, the additional uh, stimulus aid and are, are either putting it in their bank account to save for, for later when they actually can go out in the economy and spend that money, or they're paying off debts that they had previously. So we've seen record high levels of savings. We've seen record high levels of people paying off their credit card debt. And this is just a sign that blanket one size fits all checks to most Americans is, is simply not the type of targeted assistance we need to those people who are actually uh, in, in need right now. We're visiting with Adam Michelle from the Heritage Foundation. The article is called Five Reasons Why More Stimulus Checks Aren't the Answer. And, and you argue, Adam, that the, the first round of stimulus checks did not stimulate the economy and another round would not do it either. But they do meet like immediate needs for a lot of people, rent, food, utilities, uh, maybe things like that, gas in the car. And so a lot of people would say, what are you talking about? I, I, I'm behind. I don't have enough hours or, or whatever the case is. This is really going to help me right now, whether or not it saves a business. And those people that are, are really struggling to make ends meet because they've lost a job or they've been impacted by um, by maybe government closures in other ways. Uh, th- those are that's a different discussion than sending a check to to basically every single uh, American household. Um, what what the the sort of idea behind stimulus checks in general is that Americans are going to take that this money, go spend it in the economy, and this is going to somehow boost our our sort of our our economy beyond the level of of the direct spending of of the government. And the history just doesn't doesn't prove that out. The government can't spend our way back to prosperity. Eventually, uh, this money has to be taxed back away out of the economy um, in the in the future. And people know that. Uh, people know that money isn't free. That we're currently have spent about four trillion dollars on on pandemic relief, and ultimately that's going to have to be paid back. And so. Uh, we can sort of get a maybe temporary sugar high uh, right now in the best case scenario, but that will come with a deeper and longer hangover in uh, in the months to come. Now, you just mentioned the borrowed nature of where this money is coming from, and that's kind of where I wanted to go with the next question, because you make a point saying more of this kind of spending right now could make a fiscal crisis more likely. I mean, we've been adding to the debt for generations now. Uh, you know, we keep hearing about the calamity that could happen with too much debt, but I think a lot of people just don't believe it anymore. Yeah, you're exactly right. Uh, there, this sort of the, this debt crisis has always been hanging out there. And every time we borrow, the probability of it becoming a real crisis increases. But because people like me have been saying it for so long, it's um, it's sort of become just one of those things that, that, that people say and people are then believing it a little a, a little bit less. But uh, I think ju- just like the there hasn't been the big hundred thousand year earthquake on the San Andreas Fault in California um, doesn't mean that we've proven that earthquakes can never happen. Large earthquakes can never happen again in California, uh, though the, the, the sort of breaking point is, is out there and no one knows when it will when it will come. But adding 
another couple trillion dollars uh, on top of our already um, uh, record high levels of debt, it just brings that breaking point um, one step closer. And when we're talking about uh, aid that is not stimulative, is not necessary for, for most Americans, we should at least be talking about how do we narrow the aid um, so that it's targeted at those people who really do or really are struggling to make ends meet. It's probably going to be tough for any politician to be the one who's pushing back against giving their constituents money because most people aren't going to think about it or talk about it as deeply as you and I are right now and the audience that's listening to this program. So what's the messaging for the politicians who probably know that this is questionable, needs a, a thorough debate, uh, but they don't want to be the one getting all the phone calls saying, why didn't you uh, pay my rent for me? Or why didn't you help me uh, put food on the table? And that's what's going to get highlighted in a lot of the media. It's it's not free money. It means uh, taxes have to go up in the future. We've already authorized $2.2 trillion in new, in new debt. That's an additional $18,000 of, of debt that every American household will have to eventually pay back. If we add another trillion dollars on top of that, which is what we're currently talking about as far as this um, new new bill, a new stimulus bill is concerned, that would raise the the amount that every American household is on the hook for to almost twenty six thousand dollars in in new debt, and and that that's real money. That's a significant tax increase in the future, and I think I think many more Americans do realize that that nothing is free. And, and simply writing checks indiscriminately today means that there, there's real costs on the horizon tomorrow. And you can find the article once again called Five Reasons Why More Stimulus Checks Aren't the Answer at heritage.org. Adam, do you have social media people want to follow you or get in touch? I am on, on Twitter, uh, Adam and Michelle. Uh, and uh, you could find us at heritage.org as well. All right, Adam, appreciate the uh, conversation. Nice job on the article. It's going to spur a lot of discussion and debate, I'm sure. Thanks for having me on. And thank you for being a part of American Viewpoints this weekend. You can check me out at Twitter at AVP Radio Show. I'm Mike Ferguson. We'll talk to you again next week. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. Prediabetes.